Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the pastor here. And we're so glad that you've decided to join us for this next hour. Today, we're wrapping up our unfazed series. And this series is all about how to have complete confidence in a troubling world. Today, we wrap up talking about how to be unfazed by sickness and uncertainty. So how do we have that confidence in the middle of a pandemic? How do we have confidence in the middle of just this unsettled, uncertain time? Now, those two words, sickness and uncertainty, I don't know about you, but I I think I hear those every day. Just the pandemic, what that's meant for us, how that's impacted every fabric of society from our homes and our families to our friendships, to our schooling, to our church. We've just experienced that kind of on, on every level. And with that, as soon as we, we make plans and we decide, try to how to pivot, like things change again. And then we, we make plans and then we have to pivot and planning and pivoting again has been something that we, we've had to deal with. So I just want to start by just recognizing these things. I know sometimes on a Sunday, it's like you're tuning into a service and it feels like, okay, I need to stop life and I need to kind of focus and ask God to speak. But the good news about God is it's not something that we have to turn off life and then ask God to speak. It's actually in the middle of life, he speaks. In the middle of what we have going on, his word is designed to encourage us. We don't have to kind of act like things aren't going on or even that we're not troubled or that we're discouraged or that we're angry. Like it's those emotions that we actually can turn to God in and just be honest with God. So that's what today is about. How do we turn to God? How do we pray to God and ask him for help? So here's some of the things that that we've been dealing with. Again, this pandemic I'm sure some of you have had a fear of sickness. I know some of you have become sick and been wondering, like, is this COVID? I know some of you have gotten COVID and had a positive test. I know for me, like, there's been many times where I've had a little sickness and I start to wonder, like, is this, is this it? Did I get the coronavirus and the fear and all the unknown of that? I'm sure you felt like that as well. Uh, for parents out there, school is going to be starting. And something you're dealing with right now is how does distance learning work in your life? How is this going to happen? How do you teach your kids and encourage them in their learning at the same time, all the rest of the things you have to do if you're working and all the other responsibilities? Uh, that, that weighs on us. I also know that these times people have lost jobs or people have maybe working less hours. And so your, your income is impacted. And so as you look at the things that we kind of just rely on in our life, our, certainly our educational systems, certainly our finances, uh, certainly even our health, all these things have kind of experienced these, these shockwaves. And again, it's hard to experience confidence when the things that we really rely on begin to kind of crumble or begin to show cracks. The good news is, again, God, God knows what's going on and he wants uh, to help. And so I just want to start off by, by praying uh, for you and specifically for you parents as you navigate this fall, as you navigate teaching your kids, uh, whether you've been homeschooled and you've been teaching your kids uh, since they've been in school or if this is new for you and you're trying to figure this out as a church, we, we love you. We're here for you and, and we support you. Uh, if you have lost some of your income and you look at your accounts, or you look at your retirement, you look at the economy and how it's impacting all of that. As a church, we're, we're here for you as well. We, we want to help. We know that these times are, are troubling. If you're a frontline worker, you're law enforcement, you're a fireman, if you're a nurse, we know that these times are stressful. You're seeing things and dealing with things that for many of us not on the front lines, 
uh, we actually have no idea. So as a church, we love you and we support you as well. And then also for you teachers, I know we have many teachers a part of Ridgeview. Uh, You're also trying to navigate, how do you do this distance learning? How do you encourage parents? How do you deal with the administrators and all this unknown at the same time? So it's not just things that we're dealing with, but specific roles that we play, I know in these times have become very unsettled. So as we're unfazed by uncertainty and by sickness, I also want to just pray that God will help us. So, So let's pray together. God, we welcome you here. We thank you for the fact that you do meet us right where we are. And I just want to pray for all the families as they're starting school in the coming weeks that they will really trust in you, that they will recognize that you are here to help and that you are near. I also pray for just the frontline workers, for all the police officers, all the firemen, the nurses, all those in care, in hospitals and just that are really looking out for for people. I pray, God, that you will protect them, preserve their life, you will encourage them, and they will look to you for for help and to hope. And God, I just pray for our entire church that you'll strengthen us, you'll strengthen our fellowship, that you'll unify us, and that you'll give us eyes to see what you're doing in the middle of sickness, in the middle of uncertainty. And it's in your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, for me, when I'm facing these times, what I just did is is what we need to do and and we need to pray. And so this series is all about how do we pray to God? And so we've been looking at the Psalms each week, the last few weeks we've been digging in. What do the Psalms say? Because the Psalms are actually like a guidebook for us. These are the things that that you can pray to God. These are the things that, that you can say. This is what you can do. So as you dig into God's word and specifically the Psalms, that teaches you how to pray. And here's kind of the the overarching point of the Psalms. When we feel anxious, when we feel alone, and when we feel afraid, we need to pray. We need to turn to God for help. And we need to ask him specifically for those things that we're stressing about, we're worrying about, the things that we need. Again, God is not just there distant. He is up close. And that's what we're going to look at today. The Psalms are very instructive for teaching us about who God is and also about learning for ourselves. So we've talked about what do we do in the middle of distraction? We've talked about what do we do when we feel intimidated or the culture is pulling us in a direction that's not pleasing to God? And then today, what do we do when we are overwhelmed by the uncertainty all of us are facing? So the Psalms teach us how to trust God with our future, how to turn to Him in the middle of trouble. Let's start off by reading a psalm together. Psalm 9, verses 9 through 10. It says this, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name, let me read that again, those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. What an encouragement. Those who know God's name, what does it say? They trust in him. Doesn't that make sense? Uh, We don't trust people that we don't know. Uh, In the fall, I was sitting on my couch just right over here. I'm in my house right now. I'm sitting on the couch right over there watching some TV. And all of a sudden, my my door opened and a couple came in that I've never seen before in my life. And they were holding a tray of food. It was an elderly Indonesian couple. They were holding this food and just looked at me and they said hello. and, And I said hello to them. And I thought, I have no idea who you are. 
I don't know why you're in my house. Maybe there's a church meeting that I didn't even know about and they're here for. And that, th- this was literally going on in my head. And then I realized like, I think they're here by mistake because I'm not here by mistake because this is my, my home. So I began to talk to them. And I was like, who are you looking for? And they were here for a party. And what happened is, is they had gotten the wrong address. They were a few houses off. And instead they had come in this house with food, ready for the party, seeing me, trying to figure out what had happened, and then me seeing them, trying to figure out what happened. And so we had a great laugh. In fact, I took a picture. Here's a picture of me uh, with them. But in that moment, I realized there was no trust that we had for each other because we didn't even know each other. We didn't know each other's name. And therefore, this relationship was completely unknown. So we had a, a good laugh about that. But oftentimes, we approach God in the same way. He's kind of a stranger. Uh, We don't know who he is. And it's as if we look at him and we just think like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing here. And I really don't know how to approach you. So the Psalms are saying those who know God's name, they can trust in him. Well, how do you get to know God's name? Basically, how do you get to know who God is? Again, you dig into the scriptures. The scriptures is God's revealed word. He has told us he's brought truth into our world. He said, this is right, this is wrong, this is who I am, this is how you can trust me, and as you begin to know me, you begin to trust me more and more. Now, you think about the closest relationships to your wife. My closest relationship is with my wife, and we have names for each other. Now, some of these I'm going to share with you, and I wouldn't call anyone else these names. One of our favorite nicknames, and this is like full disclosure, I'm letting you into the inner circle. One of our nicknames for each other is is we call each other Buki. I did ask my wife for permission to share that. But we say, oh, Bukis, or hey, Buki, how are you doing? I don't say that to anyone else. Why? Because I have a love and intimate relationship with my wife, and that's a name that we call each other. I also call her Babe. I don't call anyone else Babe, and no one else calls my wife Babe. I call her my wife, my spouse, my honey, all of those things. Those names are important because they reflect the relationship that we have. And that's important. The names that we call someone reflect the relationship. And that's what the psalm is saying. For me, my name is Alex. For those of you that that know me as just a pastor, you may just call me Pastor Alex. And that's one of the names that I'm known by. If you call me Alexander, it could be a term of endearment. Certainly if you say Alexander with an English accent, I may be in trouble. My mom is British. All of my family on her side is British. And so if somebody calls me Alexander, sometimes I just pause a little bit. But it's a name. There's history to that. People call me Abar. That's another nickname that I have. Alex, Alexander, Alexander, never Alexis. If you were to call me Alexis, I know that we have not met because I can't stand that name. Now for three people, they call me daddy or dad. And my kids, they call me that name because of the relationship that we have. And so what the psalm is saying is pay attention to those relationships. Pay attention to what you call God because what you call God indicates the relationship. So for you, what do you call God? In the movies, in media, sometimes people refer to God as the man upstairs or God is something distant. Maybe he's an it. Maybe he's impersonal. Maybe for some of you, the only times you've ever talked about God is maybe in anger, maybe even cussing saying his name in in vain. I I don't know what it is for you, but the names that we call people indicate the relationship. And so today, we're gonna focus on 
What do the Psalms say about who God is? Because if we know who God is, we can trust him. He is a completely trustworthy God. So back to Psalm 9. Right there, he's called a refuge. He's called a stronghold. He's called, we can trust him because we know him. He's also been told that he never forsakes those who love him and, and turn to him. So even right there, you find a lot. Well, he's a refuge. He's a stronghold. He protects the oppressed. You learn a lot about God. And as you learn about God, you can trust in him. So those who know God's name can trust in him. If we know God, we can trust in him because again, that's, that's who he is. When you know God, you know his heart. And when you get to know his heart, you begin to put more and more of your confidence in him. So today I just want to give a highlight. I want to give a snapshot of verses throughout the Psalms that are telling us this is who God is. And so these are statements. You are, and we'll fill in the blank. So let's dig in. Psalm 22, 19. Oh Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. So the first you are of God's name is you are my strength. When you give God your weakness, God gives you his strength. That's what's interesting. We live in a time where we always want to lead forth with strength, right? We want to show people how strong we are. In fact, the culture tells us, you know, don't let anyone really help you. Be strong. Stand on your own two feet. It wasn't until I actually injured one of my legs years ago, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. I couldn't stand on my feet. I couldn't be weight-bearing on my right leg. I re-ruptured it. And so for about a year, I had this injury that plagued me and it made me realize how weak I was. I couldn't do things that I normally could do. I was reliant on other people. I literally couldn't stand on my two feet. I think that's symbolic of life, especially right now. Everything that we usually are strong in, uh, we don't know. It's uncertain. Even our plans, everything that, that we've always done, but it's at those times where we're weakened, where we're wavering, where maybe we're shaking in our legs a little bit because we're, we're nervous, we're anxious, that God says, give me your weakness and I will give you my strength. That's why it's so important. God, you are my strength. And as I give you my weakness, I get your power and the strength that you want to give. What a promise. So God, you are my strength. Let's dig into another one. Psalm 31, 5. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. People, they, they let us down. We let ourselves down. Our circumstances let us down. In this period, I don't know about you, but there's been so much disappointment. It feels like summer is closing and I'm looking and I'm saying, was there summer? So circumstances, they let us down. People let us down. What this Psalm saying is, is God is, is faithful. The word faithful there is actually a firmness. It's stable. In the middle of everything uncertain and everything unstable, God is faithful. He is firm. He's a foundation that we can stand on and it's not cracked and it does not shift. He is a faithful God. So God, you are faithful. Not only are you strong, but you are faithful. You've given promises in your word. And when I turn to you, I surrender to you. I do life your way. You will come through. In a word filled with unfaithfulness, God is faithful. What a promise. So he's strong and he's faithful. 
Let's read another Psalm, Psalm 65, five. It says, you faithfully answer our prayers. There it is again, with awesome deeds. O God, our savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. What a picture. Who is he a hope for? Well, according to this Psalm, he is a hope for everyone. Now, this is one of those Psalms that kind of makes me chuckle because you're, you're tracking and then all of a sudden, even for those that sail on a distant sea. But in, those, you know, in that day when this is written, that was the, considered the most dangerous or the most far off from safety that you could be. They didn't have the same navigational systems. They couldn't just radio someone to come rescue them. If you were sailing on a distant sea, you were by yourself. It's a picture of you were literally just you before your creator. That's, again, kind of symbolic of life. With all the stuff going on, sometimes it's just me and God, you and God, us and God. And we're just like, God, we, we need your help. I don't know what to do. So he's a hope for anyone in any circumstances that they find themselves. And the hope is this. God will not forget you. You cannot run or hide and be in a place where he can't find you. We think we, think we can kind of play hide and seek with God. Like, God, I, I don't want to be near you, so I'm going to get distant. But God, God always finds us. And he does that out of his, his love because he's strong, he's faithful, and he's hope. In Isaiah, an ancient book that was written, we get this promise that those who hope in the Lord as you hope in him, he's going to renew your strength. You'll soar on wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary and you'll walk and not grow faint. This is a promise. When you hope in God, he gives you this sense that I can face life and move forward because God, you are my hope. He's our strength. He's faithful and he is our hope. Well, what else? Well, let's dig in again. Psalm 75.1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. Anytime you draw near to God, again, he draws near to you. When you call on him in prayer, when you ask him for help, he always listens. I don't know how many times in the past months that I've prayed to God and said, God, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what to do as I'm trying to lead my family. I don't know what to do as I'm trying to lead my own life. I get up in the morning. I've been unmotivated. I've been discouraged. I've been just kind of ready for this whole thing to just snap and it's over. Times it's been hard. How do I lead in the church? How do I love people and shepherd as a pastor this congregation and what God is wanting to do? How do I be a good neighbor to my neighbors right around here? Many times I've just not known what to do. But as I've prayed and I've asked God, God, I need your help. I'm reminded of all the ways that he's come through. And so notice this. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks. We recount your wondrous deeds. Well, as you give thanks and as you recount all that God has done, what the psalm is saying is there's this reminder and it's another you are statement. God, you are near. So his faithfulness, he'll always find us. But again, he's always near. There's no delay. God is always there. And we need to be reminded of that. So what this psalm is saying is actually to make a recount list. And I want to encourage you, recount the the things that God has done. 
I want to encourage you during this time, it's easy to focus on the negative, right? It's easy to focus on all that has been taken from us or all that has shifted or all that is even uncertain. But I want to just encourage you, take some time, get a piece of paper, a post-it note, whatever it is, begin, just thank God and just bullet it out. What are some things that you can do to thank God? What are some ways that he's come through? What are some ways that he's provided when you needed it? What are some ways that he's just put someone in your path to encourage you? Or what are some ways he's used you to encourage others? Just create that list. It's amazing when you focus on what we're thankful, how that changes our outlook. And it really does impact our life. This is a big part of the church. This is why we want to still gather. This is why I want to go to Ridgeview at the parks. We want to do home gatherings and we want to do small groups. We want to continue meeting together because the scriptures tell us to. We don't want to give up the habit of doing that. But a big reason is that is the people of God need to come together and we need to thank him. We need to recount his wondrous deeds. As we do that, it's like multiplied and it's multiplied and it becomes this exponential fill of thanksgiving towards God. The church has done this for centuries and we will continue to do this today. Psalm 86, five, let's dig into another one. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. So God's our strength. He's faithful. He's our hope. He's near. This Psalm brings up another aspect of God and it's this, God you are good. Why is that important to remember? Well, the scriptures actually tell us that no man is good. Now we have potential for good because we're made in his image like we talked about last week. But none of us is good because again, we've all been diseased and have the sickness of sin. So sin has taken the potential for our good at our core, because we're born in a sin, we're, we're born broken, this world is broken. So if I'm not good, and you're not good, and then you look at our circumstances right now, and they're not good, how could anything good come from this season? Well, this psalm reminds us, God is good. In the middle of things that are not good, God is good, and that's what he does. He makes things that are broken and he begins to mend them together. He takes all all of the the disappointments that we have and he will make good out of that because that's who he is. And it's so important to remember in this time. We don't don't know how God is gonna work out the things that we face in this season for our good, but it's a promise. He will work it out. It may not be on our timeline. It may not be exactly how we want, but he will do it because he's good. And not only is he good, but it's connected to all those things. He's near. So he can be good specifically to you because he's near to you. He sees it all. And also he's going to do it in a way he'll he'll bring hope to you. And he won't fail because he's faithful. And he'll be able to do it because he's strong. You see how the psalmist is telling us, guys, you can pray. You can pray with confidence because this is who God is. Many times in prayer, it's like, I don't even know what to say because all we're seeing is ourselves. But in the psalms, we're reminded, Pay attention to God and we can pray with with confidence. So God, you are good. Now I want to highlight the last Psalm that states this kind of statement, you are, and it's it's found in in Psalm 118. This is what it says. 
And this one is, is really important. It says, you are my God and I will give thanks to you. Again, it says, you are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm is, is, is poetic literature. And so one of the things that you do when you read poetry is you, you pay attention to the, rate, the way it's written. You pay attention to the imagery. And you read the Psalms maybe differently than you would other narrative books of the Bible, just like you read poetry different than a nonfiction book or historical book. But when you read Psalms in this poetry, pay attention to the repetitiveness of words. And it begins, you are my God. I'll give thanks to you. You are my God. And again, the other emphasis is on thankfulness. Stopping and just looking. Oh my God, you are so good to me. You help me. But it's that statement, you are my God, that in the beginning is mentioned twice. I believe this is maybe one of the most important things to remember. Because again, we can approach God like he's a stranger, like he's somebody that's just coming to our world, coming to our house, and we're looking at them like, who, who are you? But what the Psalms is saying is God is a God that wants to know you and he wants to relate to you. And he did that by sending his son, Jesus. Again, like we talked about last week, we all have a problem, it's sin. But the solution is found when we turn away from our sin, we repent of going our own way in rebellion and we say to God, God, I need to be rescued. In myself, I don't have the strength. In myself, I'm not faithful. In myself, I don't have the hope. But in you, I do. And I accept your son as the payment for my rebellion, the payment for my sin. When you decide to follow Jesus and he becomes the boss of your life, he leads your life, he wants to impact every single area, everything he wants access to in your life, and he begins to transform you from the inside out. That's what it means to become a Christian. And the Psalms get to this point where it reminds us, if you want God to be your God, to be this personal guide who leads you forward, to be the one that you give your life to, your devotion to, that happens as you turn to Jesus and you put your trust in him. Now, for some of you, you may have been a follower of Christ for many years, but you're frustrated. You're angry at God. For others, you may be investigating and you're trying to figure out, is this the type of life that I want to live? Is this God, somebody who I want to put my trust in? For others of you, you just need to remind yourself of who God is because you just feel beat up. You just feel burdened. And all of us can find ourselves and be in those situations at different times. What the Psalms remind us is as we look at who God is, we can also take the things that we're facing and we can talk to him. So if, if you're angry, did you know you can turn your anger into a prayer? God, I'm so angry right now in my life. I'm angry at these people. And you could tell them who you're angry at. God, I'm angry at you because I feel like you've not answered my prayers. God, I'm angry because of this. I'm angry because of that. You can pray to God honestly. He will hear you. In fact, the Psalms are filled with people who just in their anger tell God. The scriptures are as well. If you're hurt, if you're in pain, if you're discouraged, if you're overwhelmed, tell God. I think so many times people think Christianity is like fake it. You put on a happy face, but it's so real. And that's who God is. He made us. He knows us. 
He loves us. He accepts us exactly where we are. So tell him where you are. That's why the Psalms are written. And as you tell him who you are and you turn to him and you trust in him and you surrender completely to him, every aspect of my life, you can have God. You can say that statement. You are my God. So God, you are my God. I have now hope and I have faithfulness and I have strength because as I follow God and as I get to know him, he begins to transform me just like himself. And so I just want to encourage you, decide where I am. God can meet me right here and right now. So what does this mean? Well, I want to actually, again, because the emphasis on prayer, I want to turn these kind of into some, some prayer statements. Like how do we take these promises and, and pray these back? Now, these are the big categories. And then I just encourage you like, to take some time to, to pray these out in your life. The first, what do you call God and how can you pray? So here's the first one. When you are weak, God is your strength. So when you're feeling weak, you just pray, God, I'm feeling really weak right now. I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed, but you are my strength. That's a prayer. Do you know that? God, I feel weak. Tell him where you feel weak and then say, you are my strength. You've just prayed. Psalm twenty-two, nineteen. The other, when the world feels unstable, God is always faithful. So God, my life is unstable right now. I keep taking two steps forward and then 17 steps back. But you're faithful and you've just prayed. Psalm 31, five. The next, when you're anxious, when you're unsure, when you're afraid, God is your hope. So how do you pray? Literally, you say that. God, I'm anxious and you tell him what you're anxious about. I'm anxious about getting sick. I'm anxious about this school year. I'm anxious about my finances. I'm anxious about this relationship. I'm unsure about my life, this decision that I have to make. But you are my hope. You will come through. Psalm 65, 5. The next, when you feel sick. Some of you have been sick. Some of you are sick. And some of you just, it's not even COVID related. It's long-term sickness that you've been dealing with. And that just is wearing on you. God sees you. He loves you. He knows what's going on. So when you feel sick, you're isolated, you're hurting, and you feel alone, God is near. So you tell God that. God, I feel alone. I feel completely isolated. I feel like no one cares about me. I feel like that no one loves me. Do you feel that before? Most of the time, that's not true. Because there's always somebody that's there for you and that somebody loves you. But when you feel that, even if you are fully convinced that's true, the real truth is God is near. And why do I know that's true? Because that's Psalm 75.1. And so you, you pray that back to God. Here's another to just give you some encouragement. When you mess up, when you fail, and when you sin, God is good. Have you messed up recently, said something that you shouldn't have said? Maybe you're relating to a spouse, a coworker. Maybe you said something to your kids and you just realized that was wrong. The other day I was in a coffee shop and they didn't have the coffee that I liked. And I was in there with my mask and I was just trying to figure out how can I communicate how unhappy I am with my eyes at this worker. And I just kind of had an attitude and I walked out. And I realized that, you know what? I totally sinned right there. 
In fact, I need to go back and I need to make that right with that worker. But before God, I just said, God, I, would, I acted like a baby. I totally missed it. I totally blew it. That happens in our head, the thoughts that we have that are not right. It happens in our actions by what we do. Again, when the pressure is on, the pressure reveals what's in our heart. And sometimes you see what's in your heart. If you're like me and you're like, uh-oh, that's not good. But even in that, just confess it. Confess your sin. Be clean. Because God, he is good. And in his goodness, he will forgive you. And then the last, when you know Jesus, you can declare, God is my God. So if you're a follower of Christ, you can hold complete confidence that God is your God and he will come through. The good news is, if you've not yet committed your life to Jesus, he's ready for you to decide that at any point and he will become your God and he will lead you forward and he will guide you. And that's the promise. So all of those, those can become prayers. Cry out, ask him for help. It doesn't have to be this kind of certain time of day. You can pray throughout in any circumstance. As you're driving, you can pray with your eyes open. As you're walking in a store, as you're going from a store to your car, you can pray as a thought comes, an anxiety. You can pray. And I encourage you to do that. So when I'm weak, God is strong. When I feel like I I don't know what to do, God, God is near. Again, all of these turn into prayers. So I want to just close out with with some next steps for you today. The first is just memorize a psalm. I mentioned quite a few, just, you know, a verse or two. Which one just kind of resonates? Like, okay, this is the one where I'm feeling the most. Are are you feeling just weak? And maybe it's that I need to, to memorize Psalm 22, 19 about God being strong. So just, you can go back. The sermon notes you can look at. If you've not yet looked at those, those have all the references on there. You just click on that on the watch page. Psalm 22, 19, or sorry, the sermon notes, and you'll, you'll see the scriptures there and you can memorize it. So you put a little star by it, write it on a post-it note, whatever you need to do. But I encourage you, memorize a psalm. The second next step, pray your anxieties to God this week. So in memorizing the psalms, again, you wanna memorize it so that becomes your prayer. And so just highlight where is it that you're just feeling overwhelmed and turn that in, into a prayer. And the third next step is kind of that part of, how do I get to a point where I can actually pray, God, you are my God. And again, that happens as you turn your life over to Jesus Christ. And so that next step is just, I'm interested in learning more about becoming a a Christian. Please uh, follow up with me. And then the last next step is maybe you want to create a thank list. I don't know how many times in these Psalms, I haven't counted them, but how many times it says, we thank God or thanks be to God, or this just reminding of all that God has done. So maybe you just need to create a list. Here's all the ways that God has come through. So I want to encourage you, on the chat right now, what's your next step? What is it that you need to do? Is it to to memorize and to meditate and and focus? Is it to create that thank list? Is it to investigate more? Just say, you know, I I can't say that God is my God, because I'm still just kind of living my own life my way. Whatever your next step is, let us know in the chat. Also, I encourage you as we wrap up, on the connection card, there's a a tab to click on that. Please fill that out. We want to pray for you this week. We want to let you know that we're here for you. We're rooting for you. And more importantly, we're going to go to God on your behalf and ask him to help you as, as you take that next step.
This also helps us know that, that you're here and you can let us know how we can pray for you. And so we would love uh, to do that. So today's the wrap-up of Unfazed. I want to invite you back next week. We're going to kick off a new series about the church. What is the church? How can I be involved in these times? And I want to introduce you to the movement of the church found in the scriptures and what we can continue today as God begins and continues in our time to transform the world. That's what he's been doing from the beginning. So I encourage you, come back next week. We'll be the same time, the same place. Thank you guys for joining us today. Let me pray in closing. God, it's easy to focus on all of our circumstances, all that we have going on, all that everyone else has going on. And then the Psalms remind us, focus on God and who he is. So God, thank you for your word, for the promises of your character. When we know your name, we can trust in you. And so I pray for anyone right now that's just having a hard time trusting you, that just feels alone, they feel afraid, they feel frustrated, they're angry. God, I pray that they will turn to you, they will tell you just what they're feeling, what's going on, and they will get the sense that you are near, you are faithful, you are strong, and you can be their God. So God, thank you for being with us and the help that you bring. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.